Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Amigos, the podcast about everything Amiga. Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodovkar Schaller. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. <laughs> and I'm Aaron. What was that? This is the new slow That's the intro. Cool guy. Well, the robot can do that. No, the robot couldn't do that. Oh, okay. You'll never replace me, no matter how much you oh, want to. Aaron. Before we get into talking about this week's uh, game, which yeah. is Flight of the Amazon Queen, yeah, um, we got a package. Was that delivered via the Amazon Queen? This was delivered by the Queen of England herself. Really? Her Majesty's Royal Mail. Um, I love getting packages like this whenever you get the, uh, the Queen's visage on there with the airmail. This came from our good and dear friend Ravi Abbott. Uh, yes. From over in Nottingham in the UK. Co-host. Yeah. Of, of the exciting you know, Retro Hour. Every town has its ups and downs. Really? Yeah. Sometimes, Which town did you say that was from? Sometimes the ups outnumber the downs. Yeah. But not in Nottingham. Oh, man. Are you ragging on the place that, that they said that from? No. Ravi, Ravi lives in a palatial estate. I would never rag on his home. Nottingham? Nottingham. Like, in, like, uh, like, yes. like in Robin Hood? Yes, that's well, where he lives. You're ragging on it. <laughs> what do we got? That's legendary in folklore. We got nothing. We don't have anything close to Nottingham. We have nothing. We have nothing. Me. I'm sorry, England. <laughs> Coach lost his mind. All right. So this is wrapped up. A brown paper package. Tied up with strings. Logo. Logo. Yo. Well, I guess we'll just redo the show. <laughs> we won't. I don't know. We'll just, we'll just switch it over. You well, you can't just bang my leg and expect me to know not, exactly what I'm talking about. What's going on? Normally, when I bang your leg, that means look at the chat thing. Say, listen, I never interfere in your shit. I thought I'd mention it. All right. Look at that. Or yeah. a postcard. We are a postcard, a picture postcard. Um, so, I love, I love this. Uh, you know, but this thing is wrapped well. Ravi doesn't cut corners. No, no. This is the first package we got. This is an awesome magazine for a while back. I just hit myself on the chin. I saw that. It's a good thing you're tough. All right. So, as we uh, further unwrap, we get to the bubble wrap layer of the package. And one more piece of tape should do get, it. Get this drug-sniffing dog out, eh? <laughs> this thing's wrapped up 20 times for Sunday. Like I said, one more. There we go. You All right. Your phone, your watch would have some kind of gizmo. To get I know, I know. Little like shiv. Like a laser or something. Or a shiv. Okay. A shiv? So we have, oh, look at this. Look at this. All right, I'm looking. Okay. We have a box. Oh, now, sensible golf. Now this, oh right, boy, I'm all, I'm all tied up in the, here we go. <laughs> um, so we have sensible golf. Uh, this is not the, I've never seen the box for Sensible Golf before. And it's great. It's, <laughs> I don't know. I think this is might be American a reason why, <laughs> this is why Sensible Golf failed right here. Because You've got this, the American Eagle yeah, the golf yeah, ball. You got, the, you got the bald eagle, otherwise known as the American Eagle. Clearly an um, American. And, uh, hit by, you know, a golfer who's, who's very embarrassed by it. Um. Probably a Scott, considering the font. That's texture. true. The, uh, the kilt-like texture. We, got it, we had it coming. 
And, but oh. inside, we have goodies. A bonus goodies. Now, this is actually amazing, Aaron. Okay. Okay. Inside this, and I did not plan this. You saw me open it live on air. We have the CD32 version of Mean Arenas. Oh, wow. Now, unbeknownst to, um, to Ravi... Mean Arenas was requested by an Amigos uh, Game Selection Committee member for our show next week. Really? You're kidding Talk me. Talk about coincidence. Wow, and I just happened to have one of these things, a CD32 at the house. Oh boy, thank you, Ravi. Look at that boat. Isn't that nice? Isn't that awesome? That's great. Uh, but he's as not done. As today's headline. He's not done. We also have a Microsoft band lanyard. Oh man. <laughs> it will, you know, the band will, will, will never die. It'll live forever. Is that um, Microsoft Band? Yeah. Have you heard of the Microsoft Band? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. So Microsoft decided to make a Fitbit-like uh, appliance that you wear on your wrist. Oh, yeah? And they just they just discontinued it just a couple months ago. So, and so, <laughs> so we have they make a lanyard. System and little else. Right. We have a lanyard to commemorate. See, I thought it was a band. See, this know, this like even a, shows you where to wear the band right there on the wrist. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you, I thought like, you know, uh, Bill Gates... Lead singer, you know that dude that went at the convention that one time. That guy's Steve in there. Ballmer. He's in there playing mm -hmm. bass guitar. <laughs> you can wear that with pride, Thank you, man. It, this should interfere with my mic nicely. Uh, we have Project Leela. Um, this L.A. This is a this is a game. It's all in German, so I can't I can't understand it. You know it's good. Um, but it's got. We'll we'll play it. We'll play it. It's for CD32, so you oh, can take man. that too. You're getting, you're getting more CD32 games up. in one day. Uh, we got a registration card for Virgin Interactive Entertainment. Thank you for that. I that word is. That's a system organ. Man, that's a lot of letters in there. Germans love compound words. They don't have Scrabble in Germany, do they? If they do, they're probably masters they're, of it. Oh, they're the biggest scores ever. Um, this is a... This is a notebook. No. I don't know what this is. This is a this is it's a notebook like device. It's got several pictures in it. It's got a map. It's got a it, it, it's like it's like a scrapbook of many different things. I don't know what this is. It's got a Amiga. It's got a, a boing ball on the front of it. Get to the bottom. There's a letter that explains that everything. That's is. probably what what will happen. It'll say don't don't open this until you. Uh, okay, look at this. This now this is a collector's item. Amiga, keep the momentum going. Oh man. <laughs> That's what we're doing on this show. We're we trying, keep man. The that I wish we could hang this up behind us on this uh Man, this is this here's wacky. It's, it's like Amigo some sort of yeah, it's like a there. dolly painting in there. I don't know. It's called the misprint. Misprint.com. I guess we're supposed to printed it. <laughs> um we have an Amiga OS um memo pad. It's got a grid for Sweet. all of your all of your plotting that you like to do. This is like just a bunch of swag. I yeah, we went to a convention or something. Yeah, look at that. Um, now this. You keep saying that. After, <laughs> what do you got this time? Oh, Commodore trading cards. Oh, oh, oh okay. Oh, oh. Just take some of those. Holy moly! Are you so these me? these these were produced in oh, conjunction. The story, yeah, with yeah. the Commodore story, and they're called Trump cards. Are they? Well, <laughs> you know, man, these are high quality cards yeah. too. They didn't cheap out on the, I on know. the card stock. Dude. I know. They remind me of their items in Robo Rally. Yes. Like <laughs> I'm gonna buy that for my kid. By the way, I'm gonna get him for that. Oh, he'll love that it. Nice. 
That is so awesome. Look at the CBM too. I know. That's I great. know. I'd love to have one of those just to have it sitting around. Yeah. Or the pet. They're yeah. all they're, they're all, all good. They're great. So I'll let you have a all right, look man. see. Yeah. We got several uh, stickers. Uh, th Amiga OS, 30 years of emotion. They don't tell you what emotion it is. <laughs> Anger, frustration. <laughs> Ooh. A powered by Amiga, put that on your car. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to put that on my forehead right here. <laughs> A dizzy 30th anniversary magnet. Nice. Hear that? Everybody loves dizzy, don't they, Boat? Um, we also have this, uh, <laughs> this bumper sticker that is signed... It's signed. It's got to be signed. RJ. Do you know anybody named RJ and the Amiga crew? Listen, I can't remember people's names. Okay. Well, this 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 bumper sticker informs you that you need to get boinged. Man. So that's my goal every day. I get out of bed. <laughs> and my, <laughs> unfortunately, I haven't kept the momentum going on that either. <laughs> and finally, we have the uh, the the late lamented. Um, Role-playing game by the Oliver Twins, which is sadly You're gone gone me. bust. I've never heard of this. Sky Saga. You didn't watch the Oliver oh, Twins Sky interview? Saga. When you say role-playing game, I thought you meant like you know D and D. No, no, no. I was like, wow, the Oliver Twins put out a role-playing game. I gotta have it. I have a feeling that part of their demise might have been the fact that they spent money on this this pen because I don't know. I don't that know. Is it's snazaroo, it's, it's, isn't it? Yeah, that is a that's a piece this of. This should have been the game. <laughs> this is the game. You just have to spell it. You know, this was the yeah. This was the this didn't get funded, right? I mean, no, it, it was it was in development. They put I think they put a lot of their own money that. into it. That is one snazzy pen. Yeah, man, Ravi. And finally, we have an Amiga kit pen. Amiga. This kit. will be added to the collection. The already extensive collection of Amiga pens that we we've been sent over the years. So plus, it arrived here in under ten months. That's right. So they got that going. That's for it. right. I joke because I love because I just ordered something for me a kit and it got here like in a week like that. And finally, we have the two discs and the very substantial manual for sensible card. golf in the one. You know, we're going to cover this now. Yeah, yeah. And now you had do. a you had a cup of coffee with this one time. I like sensible golf a lot because it was it game. was universally panned, as I recall. It did not review as well as some of the other games, uh, but Man, I like it. Most, that's the most outrageous pen I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. Pretty that's going to be worth several hundred dollars to somebody. Maybe so. You know. I wonder if they sold these to fund the project. I would have. So, some questions can never be answered. Thank you, Ravi. That Thank you so much, Ravi. Above me, Ravi's been a real good friend of ours. Just almost right out of the gate. I mean, yeah. For a long time, the guys they were at Retro, Retro Hour, they're... They're great, aren't yeah. they? We love them. Yeah, we love so them. thank you very much, Ravi. Thank you very much. That's awesome, dude. Shall, oh, we, shall we roll on? Let's roll on. You put this incredible bag right on my notes, Boat. So do we have any feedback you want to go over this week? Uh, we have a little bit, but I'm going to introduce it during the Patreon segment because oh, it okay. rolls into the song. Let's talk about news, Boat. Okay. You know, this was a, a, not a, a news light week, as they will tend to be as the weather gets warmer. That's true. But uh, I scraped and clawed and, and literally begged for news. I begged for things to happen, and lo, it did. Um, so... Um, some of the news, of course, we made ourselves, as we often do. <laughs> so let's talk about our good friend, the Dreamcatcher. He has an article up this week. It, it, I love the way Dreamcatcher words this stuff. So he, he's he got a uh, uh, sort of a leftover look at the Adams family. That It coincides. Do you recall his crazy... Adam's Family game a film that he yes, put up. Yes, yes. This We're, is the companion piece for that for that particular item, and it's good. I, I read over it, and it's 
it's short but sweet. He gets into uh, a little more of the detail. I'll actually rewatch the video too because it always always gonna kick out of that stuff. Um, he also, since we're speaking of, the, of DK, he he has begun a series called the Unreviewables. <laughs> These are games that he started to put. He started to get what we call the dream catch a treatment, mm -hmm. but they were not substantial enough. To, hold, to warrant his eye. Uh, to warrant yeah. his gaze. Right. So he wrote tid, a tidbitial, that's a word, mm -hmm. uh, review or, or a look at. And this week, he looks at a, uh, a game that I, or a, a movie that I've never liked and a game that looked, looked stupid. <laughs> You didn't you didn't appreciate the cinematic triumph that was the Warren Beatty Nick Tra Dick Tracy movie. Dick Tracy, you know, Dick Tracy is old. The the comic was around like I mean, I was like in the twenties or mm -hmm. something. And so, and you'd think, boy, Aaron would be all over that. No, I never I never read the comic. I never mm. liked it. And so when this came out, I thought, man, this looks stupid. The makeup looks stupid. The plot looks stupid. All Madonna's in it. Well, that's stupid. <laughs> Everything about it looks stupid. And Disney was behind it. Guess what? Stupid. And so they had to make a game for it, and here it comes, uh, Dick Tracy. And so uh, he looks at that, and also if you looked at looked at the page there, he also briefly had a shot of another horrible movie called Cool World. Yeah, now I, I have never seen Cool World before. I have seen it, and I saw it in a theater, I'm sad to say, because I was like, man, Roger Rabbit, but for adults, right. I'm, I'm up for that. Well, mm -hmm. that's, no. Mm -hmm. No, it was no good. And it did have a hot animated, like a Kim Bassinger looking chick in it. Not good enough. It also had a Bowie song. Even that didn't lift this thing out of the gutter. <laughs> so I don't, I don't recommend, I don't recommend that one either. Um, there wasn't much else going on to be honest with you. It was mostly stuff that we looked at. I did want to pitch a couple sites this week that I've, I've been, or a couple things. Firstly, I want to talk about uh, Lafarius, our good buddy, another longtime supporter of the show. And his awesome show, Migarama, uh, I, I highly suggest, if you haven't heard it, to go check it out. Uh, I, I've watched, I think I've watched every episode, and uh, he's a, he's very good. He just takes one game, just breaks it, and just goes into it. And one thing I like about his show is he, he talks about like his experiences with it and stuff. He's, he's a, a real good guy. He's got a very successful channel just on top of the Migarama stuff, so I'd give that a look. I always, uh, always like his work. Um... Something else I want to talk about, which we haven't really talked about all that much, so I, I stuck it up in our Google Plus, is our uh, in, Insert Disc 2 show. Uh, we I think we mentioned it for the first time last week. I, I linked up the, the playlist. If you want to go back and just watch me and Boat talk about, God, every weird thing you can think of and wacky, everything from monsters to wrestling to games to, you know, what we did that week, being caught in traffic, things that piss you off, whatever was on our mind. So uh, if you're in, if you just want to watch us, bumble around for another 20 minutes or so. <laughs> if you don't get it over that now, then, that, then you can take a look at Insert Disc 2. Um, one other item, this isn't listed, but I thought I'd mention it because I thought it was interesting. The uh, uh, the uh, C64 Mini. Right? We all love that, right? We, have, we don't have it here. But uh, uh, I don't know how much you've looked into it. I know we talked about it last show, but the uh, one of the... Uh, uh, annoyances of it, or maybe you can look at it as a bonus feature, is that you, it's got a DOS you can break into, and you can actually put your own games on it, one game at a time. Uh, there's a fellow out there, if you know where to look, who is putting together multi-discs for the C64 Mini, uh, which allows you to have a, a selectable games that, like, they're probably so it's almost, smaller ones. It's almost like when you used to get a disc that had multiple it's, games it's on exactly it. It's exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. And they've gone in, 
apparently there are a few games that don't like the joystick ports on this thing, and they apparently the, what the, the fellow has done is gone in and and made the appropriate adjustments to make those work. Um, I heard the guys over at Retro Asylum talking about the uh, C64 Mini this week, and uh, uh, they were like, the Americans don't like it. Well, some of the Americans kind of like it, like me and Boat. And, uh, well, I don't know. We haven't played it. Well, I think it's, I, I it's, important, it's important to recognize the difference between the C64 and the C64 Mini. Right, but the Mini... We, we've not played the Mini, so right, we don't but know. but the concept of the Mini, yeah. I'm, I'm down with. I'm, me too. I, I'm not, I never wanted to bury it. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I kind of did. I'm excited that it's it's doing very well, and I'm not too upset. Let me tell you, when I heard that you could add your own games, I was pretty surprised, to be honest with you, uh, because I didn't know if that would get them into trouble or whatnot, and I like the fact that you have to go through DOS to get to them. I think that's, that mm-hmm. just amuses me to, for some reason, uh, but uh, uh, one of these days, I'll probably get my hands on one of these things, because... And probably the bigger one would be the one to get because it'll have a functional. It'll be for all intents and purposes, it'll be a Commodore 64 with HDMI out, which I would I'd be down with that. You know, uh, I mean, you could sort of do the same thing with a Pi, but the aesthetic's not the same. And I like, the, but I mean, I think the front end's good. I've watched a lot of videos on it. It looks great. So I mean, I I fully endorse it. But if you're into the C64 Mini and you're looking for a uh, solution for the multi-game issue. This should set you up pretty nice. I haven't got to look at all the games that he's got listed, but there's a pretty goodly amount. So, so there you go. But that's pretty much all I got news-wise. But it was a pretty slow week. You got anything to talk about news-wise? No, uh, other than um, just you know, if you, if you haven't already done so, um, make sure that you subscribe to uh, if you're if you're on if you subscribe to the YouTube channel and you're watching us here. If you want to subscribe to our audio feed, you automatically get insert disc too. But don't forget about our sister show. If you need some extra gaming action, check out ARG Presents. Uh, it's a separate audio podcast feed at AmigosRetroGaming.com, or you can check out all the episodes here right on YouTube. Now, I believe this week we were playing. What, was it Amstrad this week? Yeah, Amstrad uh, CPC. We played Spin Dizzy mm-hmm. and, uh, and 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 Grizor, right? And uh, uh, with shocking results, I yeah. might say. But uh, uh, it was our first uh, ever. Really, it was the first time I've really sat down with something that I didn't. Have, I don't have an Amstrad, but sat down with something that was Amstrad-like and sit down and kind of played it. And then I kind of played some other stuff. The Amstrad was a, pr- a very capable machine. I was I'm, very surprised at its uh, at its, its, its prowess. It, I, it, I was surprised how nice Spin Dizzy looked and how it. I mean, it really played. It played nicely. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, for what it was, it, I thought it was a very yeah. And Grizor was very colorful. You yeah, know, and... Grizor. I like said I liked it more than the the Amiga version. Mm-hmm. So that's just me. So there you go. You ready to tackle the big dog? Let's do it. So we're, this week we're going to talk about Fly to the Amazon Queen. This game was uh, suggested to us by Amigos Game Selection Committee member Brutal Barracuda. So thank you, Brutal, for suggesting this game. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, let's jump right in. Brutal had a good track record here with some of these suggestions. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> Flight of the Amazon Queen. This came out in 95, so this is another one that's sort of, sort of getting toward the, the older days of the Amiga. Developed by an outfit called Interactive Binary Illusions, which I'll get into them in a moment. This bad boy shipped on 11 floppy disks, boat. 11 what? of them. That is a massive discs. I think I may own this game. I should check my disc folder. I may actually own this now that I think about it. Um, this game, uh, again, this is ECS-OCS. It pretty much run on anything. And it was put together by a couple guys named uh, John Passfield and Steve... Uh, I'm going to try to pronounce this. Uh, Stamata Teatis. 
not easy. Uh, and these guys really were like the two main guys. I mean, when they ended up getting uh, getting a publisher, some guys came on board to help them with the music and stuff, including uh, the great Richard Joseph, who did uh, did was contributed to the music on, on the uh, game. But this was really sort of the uh, the brainchild of those two guys. And I'll get into uh, interactive binary illusions here in a minute and let you know what the, what the scoop is on those. But the game itself is sort of a, uh, it's sort of the classic point-and-click type game of its era in terms of the interface. I mean, it's a very simple interface. Uh, the story is about a guy named Joe King, which is the name itself is great. Uh, he's a pilot of an of a airplane called the Amazon Queen. And you have to basically go through this adventure... Uh, t- with Joe as you try to rescue girls and f- and get people to where they're supposed to go. Uh, there are a bunch of interesting characters in this. There's a there's a guy, that, and this is what I like, the plot of this is, is insane. So there's a guy called Dr. Frank Ironstein, right, which is a great, another great name. Yeah. He is trying to, he has kidnapped Amazon women and using the power of science, he's trying to infuse the Amazon women with the DNA of dinosaurs. You know what this reminded me of? Cadillacs and dinosaurs. That's right. That's right. What are the odds that we would tackle those in two, <laughs> almost successive weeks? Uh, so, and as Joe King, amongst the things you're going to do in this, you're going to try to thwart this guy, rescue, you have to rescue an Amazon princess, negotiate your way through, an, uh, through the Amazon, uh, through the jungle, actually it's the jungle of South America, I think you're in Brazil, and uh, it's a, it's a, it's the kind of classic point-and-click adventure that you would expect. <clears throat> and it has a tie-in with, not a direct tie-in, but a spiritual tie-in with uh, Monkey Island in terms of uh, the influence of that game. And you can tell uh, it, was very, um, it was very Monkey Island-esque in a lot of ways. So first a little bit about the developer, this interactive binary illusions. Uh, there, it was a partnership based in Australia... And it was, again, between John Passfield and Steve Stamatiadis. And it, they began in 93. And they made two games. And they released them. They, they were working on them simultaneously. I was wondering if you'd heard of one of these. One was uh, Fly the Amazon Queen. The other one was known as Alien Carnage. And it was also known, the name I knew it under, Her- uh, Halloween Harry. Have mm. you ever heard of that no. game? This was a game that was released by Apogee on the PC. Okay. Was it a shareware title? It was this the release in the same style that Apogee released all their right. stuff. You know, you could buy extra whatever. Um, and they worked on these at the same time. They were now look at this. They were working on a third title that never came out. And this this title's got such a great name that I just I wish I'd thought of it. It's a it's based on a comic book character they developed, and his name is Stereo Jack. Oh man, <laughs> you know that would have been an awesome game. I know, man. I would have loved to have heard that. So. Um, Renegade, the Renegade uh, published this, and which uh, Renegade was sort of a uh, a, a, a spinoff publishing arm uh, from another company, which I'll get to that in a moment. And, and so these guys only ran until '96, and then they changed their name or basically developed a new company called G Wiz Entertainment. G Wiz didn't do a whole lot more than uh, than uh, the first company. They were responsible for, and get this name. I would love to have seen this one. They did two games, gee whiz. They did Zombie Wars in 96, and in 99, Mike Stewart's Pro Bodyboarding. 
Now that is a game that we need to review on ARG Presents. When I first, when I first saw it, I thought it said bodybuilding. And then I was thinking, well, bodyboarding, is that like waterboarding? Is it a torture game? So I, <laughs> what was going on there, man? What system is that for? 99 is going to be a PC. PC yeah. uh, and in 99, the studio formed a joint venture with a company uh, called, and it eventually became Chrome Studios Limited. So, so there, there you go there. Uh, I found a lot of information out about the guys that made this game, including a great blog. Um, in an interview with John Passfield, I found, uh, he mentions that... Uh, that they're both big comic book fans, and when and they knew, they knew they were going to make this game when they played the Secret of Monkey Island. They had to do something like that, it was kind of a comic book style. Mm-hmm. And so what they did, they sat around trying to think of a genre that they could that they could utilize with that sort of style of engine. And so they were both big Indiana Jones fans, and so. Uh, they decided that that would be the way to go in some sort of Indiana Jones fan. At the time, they didn't realize that there was an Indiana Jones game, you know, sort of a, a scum-like Indiana Jones games in the works. So it was sort of, they had no idea. Which I guess you sort of can assume that, but you know, they didn't. So they said they wanted to make a difference. They set it in the 50s, and they and they, uh, and they they started their game out there. So that's, they wanted to differentiate from, like, the World War II stuff, which is funny because they actually... Go, they actually get into the World War II stuff and, and when they were developing it. Uh, and the reason they didn't do this through Apogee was because Apogee didn't do these sorts of games. And they didn't see how they could use that Apogee sort of... Uh, model, their business model. That's right, model, that's yeah. right. So, um, <clears throat> like I said, this game was made by really three people. Uh, they also had a guy named Tony Ball who did some of the stuff on it. It came out on the, on the Amiga and the PC. The PC version has just... It's a lot like you've heard. It has an enhanced graph color, you know, color palette. Um, the uh, uh, they wanted the game to be funny, so they gave the pilot in the game a dumb name, Joe King, and they had a lot of influence on this. Like I said, the main influence was Monkey Island, but they also were really into British TV, like Monty Python. Uh, they were into the Commander Cody series. If you were watching those, they're sort of a, a serials from like the I think they're from the twenties. It's a, you know, every week, Commander Cody almost gets killed. And, Will he survive? You know, come back next week. They'd show him before the main feature in American theaters. And I'm assuming they showed him in other theaters all over the world. I've actually seen him. And then he also said they were influenced by Star Wars, The Seventh Seal. But the one that caught me the most was Amazon Women on the Moon. Have you, mm. have you ever seen that? Yes, yeah. That's a great movie. Mm. And when I played some of this, I could see scenes that were directly pulled right out of Amazon Women on the Moon, particularly... I got to the point where you actually rescue the Amazon queen, and <laughs> she's sitting on this throne with all these chicks around her. It looks just mm-hmm. like I think it was Sybil Danning who played the Amazon or the Amazon queen on on, on uh, the moon in the movie, and so I thought that was kind of I thought that was funny, and also very few people have even heard of that. <laughs> so, um, so they also based some of the characters on a show called Tales of the Gold Monkey. Have you ever seen Tales of the Gold Monkey? I watched it back when it came on. It was like a TV version of Indiana Jones before they had a TV version of Indiana Jones, which is the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Uh, I don't think it lasted more than a season, and I believe that the guy in it was a pilot. He had a. It's very similar. He was a pilot. He had a mechanic. There was a hot chick. They went on adventures. Does this sound familiar? So yeah, it didn't take a lot to uh, 
to see how that could have influenced them uh, in the game. Uh, I don't know how far you got into this, but one of the characters in this is named... Uh, all the characters in this were sort of based on people, like Faye Russell, which is the femme fatale in this. She is the uh, sort of their amalgamation of like a m glamorous movie star girl from back in those days. Um, the bad guy in this, Dr. Frank Ironstein, which I love the name. Ironstein. Yeah. He was original. Get this. And, they, and he admits in this, in this blog, this is a lot of this is straight from this fellow's blog. He admits that this was idiotic and they were fools. Originally, Frank was named Einstein, <laughs> and he was a Nazi. So if you think of how good yeah, move on changing that one. If you think of how stupid that is, <laughs> the guy that fleed the Nazis. Right. Um, so uh, when they when Renegade picked them up, they're like, "Yeah, you don't want that," and they're like, "Oh yeah, good idea." So they, that was one of the things that they changed when Renegade took over. And he also laments that. Uh, uh, Steve had to go back and change every guard character's suit in the game to a different color and stuff because they all looked like Nazis. Oh, yeah. So that was not their best thing. Trader Bob, if you remember him in the game, he was ex he was inspired by one of their buddies who ran a comic book store. And the, the best guy in the game was the bellboy. If you, I'm sure you got that far. He was right there in the hotel. Uh, he was based on an electronic arts executive who badmouthed him. Wow. I'll get, I'll get to that story in, mm. in, in a moment. And there was a few other characters based on like Jim and Tammy Faye Baker. And also the, the parrot in the game was based on one of their... They had a stuffed parrot. That's <laughs> based on the game. So this is an interesting aspect of the game. Um, they had... he was It was basically developed on an Amiga 500 with Amos, the uh, game writing utility. And they also used uh, deluxe paint, like everyone does. And you can you can see that sort of deluxe paint texture to the game. And they when they ported this to they, they end up they converted uh, Amos over to C. And then when they moved this to the PC, they just poured it over to C. So it was actually it made all, the base of it was pretty easy. We've heard of the Scum engine, right? This had the Jasper engine, John and Steve's programmable adventure uh, resource that they wrote themselves for the game. You know, so it's sort of scum-like, I guess, mm. in a way. And I didn't get into the details of, as to what the, the similarities or the differences are. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it has a very similar feel to a, to a, a scum-type scum game. Um, so the user interface on this is really, really, really light. Mm -hmm. um, it's uh, it, basically you've got close, push-pull, give, talk, pick up, look at, use. And they actually combined a couple of those to make it real simple, they combine push and pull in the move, which makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, I will tell you right now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play my hand here. Uh, as you know, these games are not my bag. They're not my bag. We've went over them. I try to get into them, and they're confusing. And I think the last one we did that was really, uh, the one that comes to mind was the uh, Cruise for Corpse. And the uh, I was not super keen on the interface. It was okay. This is without a doubt, without a doubt, the easiest to use interface of any of these games I've ever played. Now, I know you've played a ton more than me. You may kill it, but for Dummy, it was simple. I had a good idea how to combine stuff, how to use stuff. It, everything was simple. I loved it. Uh, when you move Joe around, you just basically click on where you want him to go and he walks there. Uh, there was no baloney. There was no getting caught on stuff. He would just go there. He moved at a decent speed. I didn't have to sit around waiting forever. Another aspect of the movement I enjoyed was when you went to the Pinnacle Rock, uh, and you get there pretty early in the game, and it lets you look over the valley and just pick where you want to go. So you don't have to go through a thousand screens 
to get back to where you want to go, right? You know what I'm talking about. You can just, if you want to go to Traders, you just hit the button, you're there instantly. It's so much easier than negotiating. I remember going around that boat, it was just taking, it'd take me forever to get anywhere. This was much easier. I really enjoyed that aspect of the game was, was the uh, interface on it. What did, what did you think of the interface? I mean, you've played I'll, a ton more of these. I'll leave all my thoughts for the very end. Oh, you're going you're gonna, you're gonna to yeah. crush it at the end? Okay. Um, <clears throat> there are, there's a ton of different inventory stuff. You've got a good size inventory. I never, I never filled it up or anything. I don't know how, except I don't know how far you went in it. <clears throat> so, let's talk about the game itself. Um, the uh, first of all, I love the, I love the art style. It was colorful. The characters were, had a lot of personality. Their idle animations were cool. Uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, the way the backgrounds looked was nice. You know, for the most part, I saw a couple more places I thought were it could have been done a little bit better, but for the most part, I thought it looked good. Um, it fits the style of the era of the game quite nicely. I will say, one of the your uh, mechanic looks like he's in a uh, John Travolta disco jumpsuit, <laughs> and he's not. If you look real close, it's in sort of zip-up overalls, mm -hmm. but it, which a mechanic would be. But it looks like he's. It looks. I swear, he looks like a leisure suit, <laughs> you know, and because it, it's white, mm -hmm. he should have made it gray or something. Because I, I kept looking at this guy with his yo-yo. I'm like, what is, is this guy going to break out into a, into a staying alive? You know, um, the music was good. It didn't. It did get a little grating because you'd go to the same places over and over. But I mean, that's the way these games mm -hmm. are. I mean, and so when you heard it again, it was it fit the ear. Was right. it the best music I've ever heard ever? No. Was it Monkey Island level music? No. It was good, but it was. I mean, uh, it, there was, you know, it was okay. I thought it was pretty good. You know, I'm not going to go bananas on it. This game, after you'd get a certain area or do a certain odd thing, there would be a cutscene. And there would be several cutscenes throughout the game, and you would see, and it would say "Meanwhile" or you know "Across the Bay," mm -hmm. and then it would flash over, and then something like the scientists would be doing one of his experiments, or your your cohorts would be talking, something would be happening, and and that would be off screen. I loved it. I mm -hmm. liked the transitions. Mm -hmm. It looked just like an old movie, you mm -hmm. know, where they just slip in a car, you know, <laughs> two hours later, yeah, you know, whatever. Um, the uh, the actual dialogue was funny, which again we talked about this when we did uh, uh, Monkey Island. Like that's no easy feat. Being funny in a in a in a, in a point and click adventure, it often stinks. In fact, this is what this may be the first time that I would flip through the whole dialogue tree and just to get a chuckle. And because your guy would say a bunch of like. Some of the stuff he would say, in fact, a lot of it would just be him being a jerk, mm -hmm. you know. Again, like Monkey Island. Now, I could give the devil his due on that. I mean, they lived, it's not like the formula's new. They took that formula. Uh, but it was good. The, and some of the, like, uh, one guy that stuck out to me was the, uh, well, there's two guys that really early on, I, I got, like I said, I got about half, I, I guess I got about halfway through, was, uh, the, was the gorilla you would continue to run into who didn't, shouldn't have been there. I, the, I don't <laughs> When you, you confront this gorilla and you're like, "What are you doing here? Aren't gorillas from Africa? And you, this is South America." He's like, "Oh yeah, you're right." It just and disappears. Poof. Yeah, <laughs> and he comes back later. He just keeps coming mm -hmm. back. Uh, so he's funny, and also I like the witch doctor when you went to get the stuff for the rash, and you, and and Joe keeps telling him like, "This isn't for me. I don't have the rash." He's like, "Sure, sure." That's what mm -hmm. they all say. You know, he's giving him the business mm -hmm. for that. It's like none of my business. Do what mm -hmm. you want. You know, I, I like that stuff. Uh, the uh, the uh, trader, the trader has a girlfriend. I think his name's Nicole, 
And and she's just you always see her from behind, and her hips are so wide that they mm-hmm. come out from behind her loincloth. She's a sexy girl. Mm-hmm. All the chicks in this are all attractive, you know, for as as attractive as they can make them. And uh, the interplay between those two, the fact that they're going on this date, and you're going to that's that amused me. Uh, that was I thought that was all pretty wacky. Um, something else that I noticed, you could tell these guys were into comic books. And there's your mechanics, a big comic book fan, and you run into these other guys like a Laurel and Hardy. Guy out in the, out in the jungle that one of the guys collects comics, and when you get the comic and bring it back to the first guy, he's like, "Oh man!" He goes, "This comics had uh, part of the cover cut out. Like, I, it's not meant. I don't want it." You know, I thought to myself, "This guy gets this comic book in the jungle, mm-hmm. but it's not good enough." So you know, a comic book collector, and one guy says he had the first issue sealed in plastic and buried in his backyard, mm-hmm. which that sounds just like a comic book guy. <laughs> since I am one, so I, I, we know who, we know our own kind. Uh, there was a scene I got to where uh, the uh, where your hero rescues the Amazon queen. Right, he pulls her out of this jail. She gives him a kiss, and he goes, "You call that a kiss?" And he grabs her and just gives her the full mm-hmm. dipping super kiss. And I thought, I thought that was pretty funny. And she's like, "Yeah, she's into it." You know, I thought that was funny. Uh, the chicks in this are funny. Like I said, really, I, I liked everyone. The cut scenes with the uh, with the bad guy. The, the he is. And he's got this guard or buddy with him. And he tells this guy all his plans. The guy's like, well, sounds pretty good. You know, whatever, man. You know, he doesn't give a crap about this guy's plans. Because his plan, he takes an Amazon and he shoots her with this beam. And she turns into a big dinosaur. And he goes, now watch this. I'm going to make her super aggressive. And he hits her again. And she turns into a hot <laughs> woman dinosaur. And his buddy's like, she doesn't look that aggressive. He's like, ah, it's a slight screw up. I'll take care of it later. But he's out of Amazon. So the whole plot of this is so idiotic. Yeah. That makes it that makes it great. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I really thought that was funny. Um, so when this game was preparing to be released, uh, they at that time they did not have a, distri- a uh, publisher. And they had been on board with EA, Electronic Arts. And so EA sent a, a, a senior vice president to see the game. And he came in, and as they were they were excited. because like, we're going to get paid. <laughs> they said the executive came in. He said they went to introduce themselves. He goes, don't bother telling me your names because I, I won't remember them. And he, and he looked at their games, and he looked at... He looked at uh, uh, he looked at Halloween Harry. He's like, this is the wrong game for the PC. Arcade games don't sell well. Then he moved to the Amiga game, the Amazon Queen. He's like, this is the wrong platform. This should be on PC. Then he told them that their, that their game was crap and that LucasArts does a thousand times better job and he would never make a dime. He bragged on it for 10 minutes and he just left. <laughs> and so they were like, well, I guess we're screwed. Wow. And so <clears throat> they were not happy with this guy. And so, anyway, so they just duplicated a bunch of floppies and just sent them all over the place to publishers, and they ended up getting a call back from the Bitmap Brothers. If you remember those, that outfit, mm-hmm. they did... Overrated trash? Uh, oh, boat. Sorry, kill I coughed. You. Uh, Xenod Speedball. Come on, Speedball? Come on, you love that game. Uh, Chaos Engine. So, anyway, they were like, listen, we're going, we're, 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 we've got a, a separate publishing arm, Renegade. We're ready to go to work. We're ready to get you in here. And sure enough, they sent their people there to help them out, and they uh, they managed to uh, get the game going. So one of the things I liked about this is oh, this, this fellow's blog. He mentions that uh, uh, they released the game uh, in 95, and it he, the first thing he wrote after he released it, he kept his own diary, and he said, well, Amazon Queen has been released. It flopped in the UK, but we may break even in the rest of the world. So they were doomed. They're like, wow. we're screwed. He goes, whatever, we won't make any royalties. 
And he, he goes, and he wrote, oh, well, at least it's over. That was in his diary. <laughs> so then, then, like, he came back in June of 96, and it said, ignore the previous pages of remarks about Amazon Queen. We actually made th- over 30 grand so far, and there's Holy more to God. come. And he says, the money they made from this game sustained their company until 1999 when they became Chrome Studios. So basically, they, they used the, the money they made from this game to keep their company in business for the next four years. Oh my gosh. So it ended up being pretty successful. Um, he had screens of a Game Boy adaptation they were going to work on for this, if you can believe it. The original Game Boy. Weird. Uh, it just never got any... It, no one ever wanted to back it. But, yeah. I mean, he had mock-ups and it looked... I was like, man, this looks great. It could have been done. Um... He announced in in 2015, which was the anniversary of it, that he was going to work on a sequel. I haven't heard anything about the sequel. I don't know if he's still working on it or whatever. Uh, in March 2004, this game was released as free software, mm. so you could play it for free, and you could and and Scum VM, the uh, Scum emulator, yeah. added support for it, wow. so you can play it right How in cool. Scum if you want. Yeah, which is neat. Um, in 2013, it got released in goodoldgames.com as a digital download for modern PCs. So if you want to play it through them, you can. There's also a release from the company, so you can play this on your PC. Um, the PC version of this, aside from having better colors, also has full dialogue, which would be neat, uh, I think. Sometimes that's good, sometimes it's bad. Yeah. Um, and in March 2016, uh, they released the 20th anniversary edition uh, on for iOS, Google Play, and on Amazon, and it's got improved gla- graphics, full voice, a new touch interface, autosave, multi-language, high-definition menus, and it's got so it's got a lot of stuff. It's got a, it also came with a game manual and a, and a player's guide, so a lot of stuff. Now I, had, I didn't get a chance to look at the the newer version. I did look at the PC version. A little bit, just a smidge, see what it looked like. It didn't look that much better. I mean, the Amiga version looks pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I can't Did see. Did you look at the PC version? No, at all? but uh, you know, with a game like this, you know, with the deep paint graphics, uh-huh. it's I can't imagine it looking. Maybe it added a couple extra colors, but I yeah, mean, I this mean, game looks great. Yeah, as yeah, is. yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, and the voices, like I said, sometimes adding voices is good, and sometimes it takes it away. I don't know. It's, it's I'm right. more of a with games like this. I like to imagine the voices in my head. Fair enough, but. Uh, um, I will say, but then I'll, you can take over here, but uh, I have played many of these games. And I don't, I don't say this lightly, because as you know, I always complain when we have these things. This is the most fun I've had playing one, including everything we've played on this show and that's like this. Uh, and it was the most fun I've had. It was by far the furthest I got, which tells me this is probably an easier one of these games because I'm not the best. And it was most entertaining... And I didn't, it's one of the few games of this type where I didn't watch the ending because I want to get there. I managed to get about, um, I think I'm about halfway through. Uh, but I really, really enjoyed it. It's the, of all the things we've probably ever played, I've never been this surprised because this is not my kind of game. And I had a ball. I don't know what it was about it that clicked for me. I don't know if it was the ludicrousness of it or maybe the interest that I have in some of the same stuff that those guys were into, but I loved it. I loved it. Let's hear. You have been very quiet, so let's hear what you think. I'm prepared for the killing. So this is the best game of its genre. Oh, <laughs> I can't believe it. Yeah, it's the best. Um, it is the most varied. It is the 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 most. Um, it's the most beautiful. Um, the dialogue is the best. It's the funniest. It's got the widest scope of characters that are all great. 
Um, I love everything about this game. Uh, what what first won me over was the scene where you're in the cars, you know, and you're driving down. And you got to throw the oil slick. That was, and it was beautifully yeah, done. Beautifully yeah. done. Um, this, this game. I like the fact you have to get being dragged to get out of there. Too. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, straight out of a movie. It's everything about this. I was blown away by how much I loved this game. I was expecting this to be not, you know, because I like these games, but I have pretty, you know, I like Monkey Island a whole, whole lot. And I was like, there's no way that this will even touch it. And boy, I was wrong. This is this is a better game. Uh, I like the music. Um, you know, I, I think that both, I, I think any game where you're visiting multiple locations, you know, over and over again, the music's going to get old. That's just part of it. Yeah. But, um, but boy, I'm right there with you in that the, the engine, the command engine, it's so much better than what's in Monkey Island. So it's, much it's, easier. It's streamlined, and, oh, man. and of course he's you know they're standing on the shoulders of giants. Right, of course. I mean they, they didn't so, reinvent the wheel, yeah. but they did. They absolutely they streamlined it. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's 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 awesome. I love it. I highly recommend. Even if you don't like point and click adventure games, but you want to give it a shot, you want to you want to just try one. Make this the one. I- I second that. I mean, I'm so happy to hear you say that. Cause, I mean, I know you play a lot more of these than I do, so it's and, hard for me to judge. How and I'll tell them. you, you know, a game like this, I'm not ashamed to say it, but um, I didn't play it. I I, sat, I put it on the TV and I walked on the treadmill and I watched the playthrough and I got just as much enjoyment out of doing that because I didn't have the frustration of not clicking on the right thing. You know, I played it through a little bit, but I was like, you know what, I need to do something else. And I was and I, I loved it. It was just like watching a movie. The 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 thing that always gets me with these games is the, and also the puzzles. We should talk about the puzzles. I, these puzzles get really insane. Mm-hmm. They really do. I, like at the beginning of this game, you start locked in this room. You've got to escape. And so I did things that I thought were sensible, and they worked. And I couldn't believe it. Like I was getting somewhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't tell you the amount of times I've just sat somewhere. And it's like I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. I didn't watch any videos or playthroughs of this. I actually sat down and played the whole thing as far as I could get. And uh, uh, I got, I was so proud of myself. I mean, people are probably laughing, but I mean, you know, I don't do well at these games, and it was, it was, uh, it was not difficult. I mm-hmm. think that was probably it's not that hard. Yeah, uh, and, and, and up to the point I got. And to. coming from the past couple of weeks of Amiga games that we played, we, you know, this is a welcome respite. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I you tell Boat, I mean, he was like, "Listen, we're doing Amazon Queen." I was like, "Is that that point and click?" I was like, "Oh man, this is gonna be a tough one." Mm-hmm. Man, this was a, a joy. A joy. I played this so much. Uh, whenever I had a spare moment, I'd load it up. It's got its save feature. Works fine. No mm-hmm. problems there. And uh, I, I like the fact that your save game is like your journal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very cute. It's, yeah, yeah. Everything about this game, you can tell someone, they played Monkey Eye, and they're like, listen, let's throw out what we don't like. Mm-hmm. Let's streamline this. Make it easy to use. And make everything that we would want in a game happen. And they did. I mean, everything about this game is uh, thought out. And the dialogue, which makes or breaks these games, is is thought out. It was good, solid dialogue. And it's a shame that these guys didn't do more in this genre. I think these guys went on and did well, like Ty, the Tasmanian Devil, and some stuff. You know, they, they this this game came out right at the end of when these games were popular, yeah. and that's that's a shame. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, so. I looked at some reviews. There weren't a ton of reviews, of course, at this time. A lot of things had probably fallen off. Amiga Format gave it an 88. Uh, Amiga Power gave it an 84. CU Amiga gave it a 90. And The One gave it a 91. I think this is an 80 title easy. 
I would give this well above an A. Yeah. I mean, I, I, again, this is an A plus title for and, me. And you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna kill every other Amiga point and click adventure that I've played because of this one because I know my I'm lacking, and, and some of them are just too complex for me. And this is not, but that's that was part of the charm for me. So this is I would say if you're gonna introduce someone to this genre, this is the game. This is the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, not the Simon the Sorcerer's, the Monkey Islands. This one, something that's simple, that's fun, it's light. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And yeah, that, that, that's a great comparison between you know, the amount of fun that I had playing Simon versus, and I know Simon's got its fans, it, it, but yeah, this is... this is, And it was good, too. Yeah, right? Simon was good, but this is just... I couldn't think of a way that a game could be better than a game like Simon or Monkey Island, but this game managed to be that, and the that's crazy. The ability to man. get around quickly can't be understated. Mm-hmm. And the you, and the fast you, travel. You still see a lot of the same stuff, but you, the pinnacle where you could get around, I mean, it makes it so much easier mm-hmm. to do stuff. Because there's a lot of going back and forth in this, just like there is in any of these games, but having to sit there and watch your guy slowly trudge across the terrain over and over and over, I mean, there's still it's still in here, but... Uh, it's not as bad. The water effects in this, by the way, are nice. Straight up uh, D-Paint looking good. Mm-hmm. D-Paint, those people, every time we review a game, should get a pat on the back. Yeah. Because what a tool. They made it know? happen. And Amos. I mean, it's amazing that these guys ran this game on it. It's just the Amiga game. It was mm-hmm. made for the Amiga with Amiga On schools. the Amiga. That's right. On an Amiga 500. Makes me proud. Yeah. It makes me proud. I want to put this stuff on. <laughs> so I looked this thing up on eBay. I mean, I almost bought a copy of this. That's sad. That's two weeks in a row. Uh, in the UK, these are cheap. Uh, 16 bucks, 25 bucks, 35 bucks. No problem. In Greece, you're going to pay 70 Austria, you're going to pay 30 Germany, 33 Of course, there were no uh, copies of this available in the US. They're never, we always get screwed. Yeah. 11 discs. So when you buy this thing, you better uh, knock on wood because when disc eight's going south on you, that's bad time. Yeah. Uh, so you may be best served on this one. I mean, listen, buy the game, have the box. Something I should mention is when this game got released in Europe, it's got this beautiful, I mean, beautiful box art. It's awesome looking. The American box art looks like me and Boat drew it. It's god-awful. It's always the case. And these guys were appalled because I don't know why they wouldn't take this awesome-looking art because it's a similar scene. It's just, it's just one has awesome art, one's got garbage art. So this was released in the U.S. with the garbage art. Don't buy that one. Get the good art, the good European art, because it looks it looks great. It really sets the sets the the, the mood of the game. But it's a tasteful nude of Joe King. <laughs> no, it's not. This one, boat, I like enough to where I may have to actually pick it up. I hate to say it, but I, in terms of playability, I played the company version and it it worked 100. Have any trouble at all? It worked fine. So. Uh, I'm sure this emulates well without any problems, but you know, hey, uh, if, if you if you come across those 20th anniversary sets or whatever, man, not the worst thing to pick up, and you could absolutely play this with a touch device without any trouble, in my opinion. All right, well, um, let's go ahead and uh, wrap this bad boy up. Uh, so remember to follow Amigos on all your favorite social media outlets. We're everywhere. Um, and uh, if you'd like an Amigos t-shirt like the one Aaron is wearing, you can go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Amiga Tees. 
Don't awesome flashes. Yeah, don't forget to go to everythingamiga.com, the home of the Amigos on the web, and read all of Dreamcatch's articles and see everything that's going on. All the cool videos, the how-tos, yeah. the whole nine yards. And don't forget to watch us on YouTube or Twitch. We're on Twitch this week because YouTube was not working. Subscribe to us on both places so you're ne- you'll never miss a notification. We're on uh, twitch.tv slash Amigos Podcast or on YouTube at just Amigos Retro Gaming. Um, you can join the fine folks in the chat like the Huckster, who has just joined the chat. Pixels at Dawn is here. Edvin Helland, Duncan Styles, uh, Lurker74, and finally Swiss Tony69. So uh, join us, join the party every Friday at 5.30, except when it's not. Um, and uh, it's, it's a great time. It's time to thank our Patreon supporters, Aaron. If, you, right. if you'd like to support Amigos, you can go to... Here's another URL, the eighth one. Patreon.com slash Amigos Podcast. Uh, you can even, uh, at the Amigos Game Selection Committee level, you can even suggest a game for us to play. Yeah, do us a favor. And we will play it. <laughs> do us a favor yeah. like Barracuda did. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, that's how Brutal Barracuda uh, suggested this episode. Mm. Um, and so... Um, and you also... Of course, you know, the crowning glory of being an Amigos supporter is being read on the list of illustrious names at the end of the show. Um, every week we have a contest where I sing the names in a somewhat ingenious manner. And, uh, is that what that is? That's exactly what I'm that is. I know what that word means. And um, we got our winning entry this week was from the one and only Dell is Dreamy. All right. Uh, last week's song was Don't Let Start by They Might Be Giants. Yep. Once I replayed it, you were right. I got it. (laughs) And uh, he put a little message in, too. He says, love the show and keep up the great work. I bet that ARG is just as good, so I'll add it to my podcaster. Thank you. He says, I have listened to many podcasts over the last 10 years by Behind the Wheel of My 18-Wheeler. Oh, yeah. Trucker. Yeah. Amigos is one of the most entertaining, as the two of you really work well together, having a genuine enthusiasm for the Amiga. Thanks from Joaquini, Kansas. He's a Kansas truck that's driver. Right. You know, I've got a good friend that's a truck driver. Do you? Those are the those are our kind of people. Blue collar. I love truckers. This is the show for the common man. It I is. like the fact that there's a trucker listening to us on the road. It's tremendous. I love tremendous. it. Tremendous. Love it. Okay, so this week's song. Dan Ross, leave Kellan, Alan Kebab, Donald Tyler, Lev Lord, John Marshall, Matthew Perrone, Ricky DeRoche, Creepy Dead Boy, Vicky Cities, the Slow Door, Stephen Sokan Monson, Edna London 75, Christopher Sell, Ravi Abbott, Chris Foles, Dreamcatcher, Lange. Grand Vepke, Brent, Eddie Lindinson, Adabatis, Bill Bryant's Return Vintage, Gary Huckersey, Brian Jones, Paul Harrington, Doug Styles, Anthony Jarvis, Tips from Trip, Josh Nan, Will Williams, Adam Bradley, John Oswaldo, THG, Eric Nelson, Kim, Tommy, Helmstead, Daniel Bingston, Brutal Bear, Cody, Dan Coles, Jason Wallace, Pixel, and Don Kill, Bjorn Oh, man. Look at Joe Cocker having a fit. <laughs> My God. Yeah, the faces you made. I don't think you've ever paid me a greater compliment. Man. You know, he's Sheffield's I didn't think you sounded like Joe Cocker. <laughs> Aaron. Oh, if you know what that song was. Good luck. <laughs> you need to get your head examined if you know that one. You can uh, send me Look an email. That. He says he knows it. You I can can't believe it. Send me an email at john at amigospodcast.com. 
and I will read all of the winning names on the show. You'll be honored in a very special way. What's that mean? Wow. <laughs> Your apology and suicide here on the air? <laughs> That's a special Aaron, way. Next week, we're going to play. That's right. Um, mean arenas this was another amigos game selection committee member meeting uh what was that meeting <laughs> was on other form. they met with themselves and they decided that this is what we're going to play thank you once again ravi for all of your awesome yes. awesome gifts you, you're a we man among men that. guys we'll see you next week until then adios, adios.